Welcome to this early morning edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn. We are on my YouTube channel live, 12.03 a.m., 14th of August, 2020. Uh, they just wrapped up this Portland-Brooklyn Nets game, which I didn't think was going to be this close. But I, watching the Portland Trailblazers, you should have known because they had played some of the wildest game, wildest basketball games in the bubble, by far the most entertaining team in the bubble. And to, up until this point, they have the MVP of the bubble in one Damian, Dame Dollar Lillard, 42-12 and 12 tonight. Um, uh, made all the big plays down the stretch. His, arguably, his biggest play was still he had late in the fourth quarter. And thankfully, thankfully, uh, Portland survives because to waste what Damian Lillard has been doing over the course of the last three or four games would, would have been it would have been a complete waste. And uh, with all due respect to the Phoenix Suns, who ended the, ended the bubble eight and zero. And should be looking forward to next season, whenever it starts, um, in terms of building their franchise. Devin Booker has a chance to be a All Star. I'm happy for Monty Williams. Um, been through a lot the last couple of years, and you know, of course, lost his wife in that tragic uh, car accident. Um, so they, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Ayton um, is a very good player. You know, maybe he has an outside chance to be an All Star someday. Maybe. But, uh, you know, we'll see what Phoenix does next year. But it's all about um, the playoffs now. Uh, you'll have the playing game with Portland and Memphis. Portland only, of course, has to win one of the, one of the three games. Uh, you expect that Portland – I don't see Portland losing twice to Memphis, uh, to be honest with you. Um, they just are, you know, offensively they can score on anybody. Um, I, I, now, I know that a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there are, there are people, beside, even besides Charles Barkley, that are possibly picking them to take out the Lakers. Um, I'm not going to quite take it that far. I think that, listen, the Lakers have a lot of issues. Uh, they can't guard the perimeter. Got, Dame, got Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, and the Lakers have had trouble scoring against a team that, you know, is one of the probably the best offensive team um, in the bubble, maybe, you know, along with the Dallas Mavericks as well. So they're going to get the Lakers when they play. And, I'm, and I'm, again, I'm kind of disrespecting Memphis, but I don't see Memphis beating Portland twice. Uh, they'll, they will give the Lakers all types of problems, period. Uh, I don't like what I've been hearing out, out of L.A., out of the bubble in, terms, in regards to the Lakers. Uh, in terms of just handling the bubble, and you know, LeBron was talking about you know it's been unusual uh, since they're trying to feel their way around the bubble, things of that nature. And like everybody has the same situation, everybody's going through the same adjustments. No family, um, you know, no fans, and what have you. Uh, so the Lakers have been bad. Uh, forget about what happened today. Um, that game didn't mean anything. But even when they've had been you know, have had their full squad. They have not played well. So you have uh, Portland and Memphis. Um, you will have 
Uh, and we'll, as a matter of fact, we'll get back to the NBA because um, I have a few things to talk about with the NBA as far as what the playoffs are going to look like. Um, Russell Westbrook, uh, update, a couple updates before we get to the college football. Russell Westbrook, of course, has a quad injury. He will not start the playoffs, um, which is a killer for Houston. Though, you know, listen, Russell, even though he's about 30-31, that, that type of injury is, you know, is a killer for him. Because he's a guy who is still built on being the most, one of the most athletic players in the league. So who knows? Those injuries could be tricky. Who knows when he'll come back, and who knows how effective he will be when he does come back. Um, so, which again, you know, that could be an opening for, uh, you know, maybe the Lakers won't have to work as hard to get to the Western Conference Finals because um, that would they would play the winner of the Portland, uh, not Portland. Uh, Houston OKC uh, matchup, but we'll get to we'll get to more NBA later. Um, in regards to the college football, you have a situation where um, you will have no NCAA championships taking place in the fall. All 22 of those NCAA championships have been canceled. Fall sports, including all the FCS championships. Now, the key part of this is it does not include the FBS in regards to these major conferences, the Power Five. You already know what the Pac-10 and Big 12 and Big 10 have done. The ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are still on to play football as of right now. And I, to be honest with you, the only thing I see shutting down those three conferences is 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 a, you know, if if this pandemic goes. You know, if we get a second wave where everything just gets shut down, they are held. Those three conferences are hell bent on playing football. It is frankly sickening to watch coaches, commissioners, presidents make excuses, make excuses on why they still should play football. And similar to our government, they will find doctors who agree with the fact that we can play that they can play football in the fall. Period. You find enough doctors, you're going to find somebody to, it's not just second, third, they're finding fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh opinions. I'm sure that's how many doctors you have to go through to find, or they hire their own doctors um, to say that it's okay to play football. As of right now, they're only, they're only testing, they're only testing these, uh, the athletes three times a week. We know that is not enough. Uh, it's not even close. It should be anywhere from five to six times a week, if not, even, if not every day. Uh, especially considering the fact that there is no uh, strict bubble like the NBA has um, or even NHL has. But again, college football absolutely has no plan. Uh, we said this on previous podcasts, they have no plan. And they're going to go, these three conferences are going to try to attempt to go full speed ahead in regards to playing football in the fall. And it will be an absolute disaster. Uh, God forbid a, a student athlete, you know, forget about catches corona, but God forbid somebody, you know, dies. Because I've read articles with doctors who said that if they play football in the fall, NFL or college, that there's a risk that one of those guys, that, that one that, that player can die. We're talking about because of the size of these players, the proximity, um, all the side effects from coronavirus, strokes, blood clots. Um, things of that nature. So again, 
God forbid that that happens, but they are both the NFL and college football seemingly will are going to put uh, their players at risk. Um, we've even heard a couple of colleges even talking about having fans. Uh, it's, you know, that's that's just the mentality they have right now. Um, and I told you, I, I told you, I, even though I didn't think football was going to get played in the uh, for college, the SEC would probably would be the last one to hold out. Now it sounds like the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are going to just, you know, stand their ground and um, attempt to play football. Um, I found something curious out of this as well in the last couple of days. You had Trevor Lawrence speaking with the president um, with 45. Now, I know what 45 wants out of it. He wants to, you know, excite his base show that, you know, everything is, you know, back to normal. We He know he has a, a number of, uh, of southern states, you know, with, with regards to Alabama, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, who, who absolutely love their football, Louisiana. And he, this is, you know, he's doing it strictly for for the election, like election purposes. I understand why he's doing it. We don't agree with it, but we understand the reason behind it. What I don't understand is why Trevor Lawrence would entertain a conversation with Donald Trump because Donald Trump and Trevor Lawrence have no power in regards to college football being played. These athletes have zero power. They don't. They, you know, if those guys were to sat out in the Pac-12, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter anyway because Pac-12, you know, canceled football for the ball. But you have guys sitting out. Trevor Lawrence said, was on the other side of the coin and said, I wanted wanted to sit out because I was afraid of Corona. Um, Clemson and Davos Sweeney would just play their backup quarterback. Their backup quarterback, who's probably a, a All American coming out of college, or probably a top prospect, a top uh, you know high school recruit. They're not going to start. You know, unless everybody in college football, all college football players, said we're not playing, which is not going to happen. Um, I don't understand the reason. I don't understand why Trevor Lawrence saw the need for. Um, Talking to Donald Trump, I just uh, I don't get that. I was a little curious, and then after that meeting, he was not available to the media. So you know, and, and again, I, you know, if Trevor Lawrence uh, votes for Donald Trump, I, I could care less about his political views. But I just found it curious, you know, from that standpoint, I just found it curious, you know, why even entertain a conversation with one, uh, with one, you know, Donald J. Trump. Um, also, of course, you had going on um, in regards to a non-sports issue and what's been the news of the week and, uh, you know, kind of a historical announcement. Um, one, Joe Biden announced that Kamala Kamala Harris will be his running mate. Um, I think myself is the best choice. I think that uh, she moves the needle, unlike any unlike any other other candidates that he could have chosen. Um, I thought he had to choose a black woman. Um, I didn't think Lance Bottoms or, or or Stacey Adams had enough experience. I didn't think Susan Rice or or um, Val Demings moved the needle. Um, we have a gangster in the White House. 
And I, I'll steal this line from New Jack City when uh, Mario Van Peoples, who was a supervising cop, was talking to Ice T. He said, I need a New Jack cop to take down a New Jack gangster. So we need a New Jack politician to take down a New Jack gangster in the White House. You know, you can talk all you want about her her record in regards to criminal reform and the justice in, in that situation, her locking black men up, which all was by the way, do your research on that, um, on those numbers and do your research on, on certain cases. I've been hearing a lot of just bad information, especially in regards to you know her locking people up with you know, because of marijuana use. That's not true, and it's complete bullshit. Um, there's an article by a couple articles, by the way, that I'll recommend. Uh, Nikki Solis has an article in USA Today. Uh, and Nikki Solis was uh, Kamala's one of the uh, adversary of Kamala as far as she used to have battles in the courtroom. She's a public defendant. She had a uh, opinion article a couple of days ago, August, I think it was Tuesday, today the 14th. I want to say my, my, Monday or Tuesday. I think the article came out the 10th. That was Monday. And basically, you know, you know, just 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 read the article. I, I didn't want to give you everything that said in the article. Just read the article. It kind of just gives you insight on someone who was actually in the courtroom with Kamala Harris and had a different perspective than what you're hearing a lot of people in terms of knocking a record. Also, this article by one Reese Colbert, Colbert of Black Women Views from uh, Medium. And it's called debunking the lies, the smears, and distortions about Kamala Harris. Now, what I'm not, I'm not telling you to um, like Kamala Harris. I'm not. I'm just telling you to look at the entire body of work. Don't just follow internet bullshit, YouTube. Um, don't just follow. Don't don't just hook into this fake narrative about her record. Yeah, she has a lot. She still can do some things better. Um, she's still evolving, hopefully, as a politician, as a person, as we all should be evolving as people. And you, as a voter, if she were, if she is to get in, along with Joe Biden, should hold her accountable for promises that she's going to make over the course of the next um, 81 days or 80 days now. That's your job. That's our job as voters. Because, you know, let's, let's not kid ourselves. She wants to be president. There's no doubt about it. She wants to be president. But job one is to get 45 out of office. That's job one. Then you can start making demands on what? On, on Harris and Biden. So we'll see how it turns out. Uh, Democratic National Convention is next week. Following week, you'll have the Republican National Convention uh, 24th. So. Um, you know, should be a very interesting, interesting next 80 days. The election is, is close. It's close. I mean, 80 days is now, you know, this summer has been, has flown by despite the pandemic, the pandemic. Um, so I will be here before you know it. Um, in regards to, um, a couple of other things before I get back to the NBA, uh, you had Jerry Jones coming out for the first time. Since I don't know, you know, maybe like the draft, and I don't know when the last time Jerry spoke, but he's did he was very quiet over the course of the you know George Floyd and the protests, and he hadn't spoken seemingly months. Um, now there are people who have problems with Jerry Jones now speaking out. 
Like, where is he at? Um, why is he so quiet right now? I didn't give two shits about whether or not Jerry Jones was going to speak out. Jerry Jones is about his money. He doesn't give a shit about Black Lives Matters. Matters. He doesn't give a shit about social reform and social, uh, you know, systematic racism. Jerry Jones is about that that coin. Um, we knew we knew who Jerry Jones is based on the fact that you saw his stance when Kaepernick took a knee. You know, Jerry <laughs> Jerry Jones is right is you know, you know, connected to to, uh, to one Donald Trump. You know, Jerry Jones stands. Uh, that's not a secret. So when he comes out, uh, I believe yesterday or Wednesday, and says, talks about showing grace and, you know, taking in all this information. Like, I'm I'm going to get information from ex-players, current players. I'm getting information from ex-presidents. I'm getting information from everybody. I, I want to make sure we do our due diligence. Like, Jerry, the shit is not that complicated. Either you are against social social injustice, or you are, or you're not. Yeah, it's it's either for or you're for or against. It's really not that complicated. Like this, this is this is typical classic NFL from the standpoint of when something happens from a racial aspect, they'll say, "Well, we, we want to get this committee and do this re and we do this research and start that committee, that committee." No, it's not. It's, forget all that bullshit. It's not like you don't have to start a million committees. To investigate this, investigate that. No. Either you know, either allow players to kneel, or or there you know there are things that can be done that have that have an immediate impact. Impact. Jerry Jones wants to try to please everybody because everybody includes his money and those sponsors and those fans who don't like to see. Uh, players who don't want to see players kneeling, his base, his 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 customer base. You know, they they even though more than likely they will not be fans in the NFL stadiums this year. So uh, listen, I I didn't care to see Jerry Jones speak. It imagine, you know, speak talks about showing grace. Okay, you know, sure. So I it didn't it didn't make one bit of difference if Jerry Jones spoke. From if Jerry Jones didn't speak until 2021, I could care less, to be honest with you. Um, so you had that going on uh, as well. Uh, in regards to the NBA, uh, again, Portland saved the NBA this week. Uh, it was not a good set of games. I told you this last, not do a show, Monday. I told you this past Monday that it could possibly be a slow week. Teams are going to start resting players. Um, which they did, and you know the uh, I don't want to say the quality of basketball. It, the excitement tempered down a bit, even for my even for myself. I was all in the first week in a couple, the first week or so, first eight eight or nine days. This week I was kind of eh, all right, flipping back and forth. I had other things to do as well that kind of took me away from some watching all the games. But you know it, you know it. You know, I got to a point where it's like, all right, when to play? When do the playoffs start? So, thankfully, though, Damian Lillard uh, saved the day, uh, saved the NBA this week, um, and it will set up. All the matchups are set, with the exception of, of course, who in regards to who the Lakers will play. Again, we'll you know we'll be either Portland or Memphis. Uh, you have Houston, Oklahoma City, which, which you know, imagine, think about that. 
Chris Paul has a, has a chance to get the last laugh. Think about it. James Harden, in essence, got Chris Paul traded. Chris Paul has an opportunity to get the last laugh. If Westbrook isn't healthy, if Westbrook is not Russell Westbrook, Oklahoma City has a you know a excellent chance to win that series. Even if Westbrook were healthy, I would I would give Oklahoma City a puncher's chance. I would favor Houston, but I would give Oklahoma City a puncher's chance. Now I, I might slightly favor OKC. So that should be a, that should be a great series that could possibly go seven. Uh, Utah Denver, see what Utah Denver familiar uh, a lot of familiarity with those two teams being in the same division. Dallas and the Clippers. It will be, of course, the debut of one Luka Doncic, who we know is going to be an MVP in this league and will be challenging the Greek freak for best player in the world um, in a few years. Uh, Want to see what Luka does. Listen, they match up well against Dallas. They have wing defenders. They, they can throw at Luka. Um, you know, Dallas has to score, you know, in the upwards of 125, 130 points. You know, Dallas wants to go out there and play free, shoot a bunch of threes up and down. You expect the Clippers to slow down the pace a little bit, try to, you know, limit Dallas's three-point shoot, shooting and throw throw a lot of bodies at Luka. I'm looking forward to see how Luka plays and get against the team that I think is favored to um, win the championship. With regards to the Western Conference, um, Milwaukee-Orlando is like a walkover. It will be a walkover. That's, that's a sweep. Miami and Indiana could be interesting. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, TJ Warren, TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler put the clamps on TJ Warren a couple of nights ago. I mean, what I mean, the clamps, he was at 12 points, uh, shot like 36%, something like that. He had no help him scoreless in the second half. Um, was like one for four for two points when when um, when Butler was guarding him. He absolutely put the clamps on him. Put the clamps on. Um, so that that series could be interesting. I would favor Miami, Boston, Philadelphia. You know, it's unfortunate that Philadelphia doesn't have their whole team. You expect Boston to uh, make. You know, even though Philadelphia has given Boston problems, and they have nobody that can do it and be. Uh, they, I don't. They can't beat Boston without Ben Simmons. I, I don't see that happening. Toronto, Brooklyn. A lot of people. There are a few people that think Toronto. Brooklyn can give Toronto a run. I'm not one of them. I think Toronto is a championship caliber team. Brooklyn, though, has listen. Brooklyn will be a threat next year if Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant can just you know can get on the court and not just you know get into not just do not just talk crazy and just do peculiar and, and just dumb shit. Those guys can actually go in and focus and play basketball and be healthy. That is that team is loaded. I mean, I was watching the night. They play hard every game. They have a they have a nice set of, of role players. Levert is a guy who can easily get twenty to twenty five points on that team. Uh he can score. I think they might move one of those two, Levert and or Dimwitty. Probably Dimwitty. Um Joe Harris, of course, they'll probably, they're gonna resign him. Um you know, they have a nice lot, lot of young pieces. Kyrie Kyrie Irving had absolutely no clue what he was talking about so them. He said earlier in the season they needed two, two or a couple more pieces, two or three more pieces. It's like, no, you and Kevin Durant are the pieces. But Kevin Durant is worth like two pieces. So that team should be loaded next year. And again, they, they will fight two for now with the Toronto Raptors, but the Raptors have, Raptors have too much experience uh, for Brooklyn, uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. 
Um, again, we talked earlier about Phoenix finishing 8-0. Um, it was all for not as they were eliminated from the bubble. But uh, Phoenix, is, to me, um, Phoenix has always underachieved in the last couple of years. With, they shouldn't be as bad as they, as, they, as they have been. There's talent on that team. I'm glad Mike Williams was able to, to get out some of the, you know, to kind of right the ship, so to speak, for this season. Had them headed in the right direction. Uh, we'll see what transpires when uh, they get back. When if we get, if, you know, whenever next season starts. And the San Antonio Spurs had their 22-year playoff streak in uh, tonight as they fell to the Utah Jazz. Um, 22 years, five championships, one of the great streaks in of the four major sports without question. The level of consistency, and in those 22, in those 22 years, they were title contenders. At least, I would say, 13 or 14 of those years, or maybe 15 or 15, 16 of those years, they were title contenders. Uh, went to went you know went to won five finals, went to six finals, only lost lost that heartbreaking um, series to Miami with the Ray Allen shot in 2013. Redeemed themselves, of course, with their last championship in 2014. Um, but you know they and again they fought too for now. This was not a this was not a very good team this year. Um, I thought that this would be the year, finally, that they would make the playoffs. But uh, they um, they died hard, to say the least. Um, so they will, they're will they going home. Very interesting to see what the future of that team looks like uh, moving forward. Pop is, you know, sounds like, sounds like he'll be, he will be back. Um, you know, the Rosen, Allrich, what happens with those with those with those two? So they are in a um, peculiar spot to say the least moving forward. So NBA playoffs Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, the play-in game. The full playoffs will start the seventeenth. And um, right now, I would say I would go chalk right now. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Toronto. I would go chalk right now in, in my gut of gut in my you know in my uh, heart of hearts. That's going to wrap it up for this abbreviated edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you Sunday with another episode of The Wire. Um, we're on episode 8, Duck and Cover. Have a great, great Friday and rest of your weekend. I'm out.